Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Jones, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today, you'll be listening to a Housing News crossover episode that features an interview with Realtrend's Client Services Manager, Liz Smith. In this episode, Smith breaks down the 16th annual Realtrend's plus Tom Ferry the Thousand and America's Best Real Estate Professionals rankings. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. At Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, we know your vision of success is unique to you. That's why your goals and our culture of support go hand in hand. We give you the tools and support you need to thrive and live your best life. Come home to Atlantic Bay. Visit joinatlanticbay.com to explore what's possible. Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, NMLS number 72043, is an equal opportunity employer. Welcome, everyone. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief of Housing Wire, with the latest episode of the Housing News Podcast. I'm very excited to introduce our guest today, Liz Smith, who's the manager of ranking programs at Real Trends, a housing wire sister company. Um, today, we're going to be discussing the Real Trends plus Tom Ferry, the thousand list of America's top 1,000 real estate sales professionals and teams. Liz, we're so excited to have you. So great to be here. Thank you, Sarah. Well, our America's Best Ranking is our main large rankings that breaks down by state. So this is the rankings that you can qualify for if you make $50 million in volume as an independent agent or 50 transaction sides. And for teams, it's $30 million or $75 million in volume. And we take that and we had 18,200 submissions to that rankings. And we take the literal 1,000. So the top 500 agents, 500 teams, and we create the 1,000. So there isn't any minimum qualifications for the 1,000 because we don't know what they are. They change every year. This year, the numbers are really, really high. Um, We all know that 2020 was crazy, and this report shows it. Um, So that is the main difference between the two rankings. Both are really prestigious and shows the top of the agents and teams in the nation. Um, But the thousand is just the top of the top. Well, thanks for clarifying that. I know because um, this is, this is such a prestigious award to be on either of those lists. We think about how many, to your point, how many there are. And and the fact that there are like 1.4 million real estate agents um, you know, doing deals all over the country, like there are more, way more real estate agents than there are houses for sale and, and actually more than many professions. So to be ranked at the top like that is, is just really impressive. Um, so for the thousand, um, you guys have been doing that for a lot. How many, how many years has the thousand list been going? For 16 years, this is the 16th year we've been doing it. We started with the broker rankings, which came out in March. And then we heard just a lot of feedback from the industry about ranking these agents and teams that are high producing. So we started that 16 years ago. Wow, that's crazy. Um, How long have you been with Real Trends? About a year and a half. So this is my second rankings um, living through the cycle. And it just got 
even better than last year. I mean, last year was crazy in the pandemic and at home and trying to get everything done, but you know, we did. And then this year was even better. So it was really fun. Wow. That is so impressive. That's just, uh, I know it's just a really a huge lift. And the fact that you guys were able to compile that, you know, through all the challenges of the last year it is really impressive. So, so tell us a little bit about how that works. What does that look like as far as what your methodology is and, and how you gather that information? Yeah, all really good questions. So we work with most of the national brands. They're um, they submit in bulk to us. So they verify all of the information on the front end. And we only accept residential numbers. So we don't count land, lots, leases, rentals, referrals, or commercial. So they comb through all of their data and make sure that what they're submitting to us is correct and they bulk submit. But then we also allow um, individual agents and teams to submit through our portal on the website and supply verification. And a lot of these are the independent um, brokerages and people that just own their own company or are running their own business. And so we do verify. We um, That's one of the biggest things that we have about these rankings is it's not just a pay for play to say. Um, we do verify everything. And even on the top 1,000, we triple verify. We want to make sure what we're giving out into the public is correct. So we definitely do our due diligence on that. Um, and so that's pretty much how we collect the data and bringing it all in is a chore. It's a lot of spreadsheets. And this year we built our own system so that it uploaded into a database to hold it all, which was amazing and lovely. And we were able to manipulate the data much easier. I would think because um, we've been doing this for years and years now that it, some of the greatest insights is not just what happened this year, but comparing it to previous years. So can you tell us a little bit about what you found when you were looking at the numbers this year and, and how that compared to other years? So we grew in the rankings by over 4,000 agents and teams, which is just crazy. Uh, the year before, I think we grew um, maybe by a thousand. I think it was just shy of that. So to jump that significantly is just huge. Um, and it really goes to show what happened in 2020, that volume numbers were just out of control and bonkers and people could hit that volume number a lot easier. Um, we did see that sides were about the same, but we definitely saw that volume uptick. And for some of the areas that the transaction uptick did happen as well um, with new homes being built and all of the things that happened in 2020. So it was really interesting to see that data. As you said that, I mean, that really put some um, stats behind what we know was just an incredible year for everyone. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when we look at the numbers next year. When you think about how many real estate deals aren't being done just because there's no inventory. So you, you'll have, you know, 25 offers on a house. Well, only only one house went through. Meanwhile, you've got all that, you know, pent up demand. So I, I think that's the most interesting thing to me is just to look at historically and see what what's going on with these. Well, why don't you give us the highlights? Like what is the, um, when you look at the people who are at the top of this list, are there any things that are in, that you can say, oh, this is why, or this is what we're noticing in the top five or the top 10? 
Well, I think um, it's interesting, the top states, and they're kind of who you think they would be. Um, Texas, Florida, California, Washington all had huge numbers in 2020. Um, To your point, I'll be so curious in 2021, does the count fall even, does it, do we lose agents and teams based off of inventory and what is happening this year? Um, We definitely saw an increase in compass um, agents and their overall number was definitely higher. Um, let's see some of the other big jumps, independent brands grew a lot as well. So I think it's showing that, um, things are spreading out and it's not just over just the big brands, Remax, Keller. Um, it was most of them all increased in numbers. That is really interesting. You know, I know when then when you're looking, um, one of the stories that we wrote about it on on Housing Wire was that um, you know the big growth, but it was talking about you know there were sh- there were huge boosts in transaction size and volume, yet productivity didn't increase year to year. If you look at from 2019 to 2020, how did you how do you look at that, and how can you see that? You know, we do an average by the teams and individuals, and this year we did change up the rankings from last year. So that is something to note. Last year, we had categories for what we called agent-owned brokerages and team-owned brokerages. And those were for independent brokerages who own or agents who owned their own business. And we tried to separate them out to highlight what they had done and that their business was in this ranking. Um, We got feedback and trying to get it all done was a little bit harder than we had anticipated. So we did remove those categories this year. So this year we went back to basics. We are individual and teams, but we did continue to break out the teams. And this year we broke them out into four categories. Last year they were in three categories. This year we have small, medium, large, and mega. And I think it just better um allows the teams across the nation to show and to be valued for what they are our small teams their production is huge it's really high um the mega teams are obviously really high as well sometimes those medium teams get a little lost and is it worth having a couple extra agents if the small team can get it done so i think that there's different ways to look at all of the data Um, And it is, like I said, a little bit harder this year from last year, just because it's not a straight comparison. Yeah, that's really interesting. So how do you, um, how are you categorizing small, medium, mega? What do all those categories look like? Great question. So we do it by licensed team members. So if they have two to five licensed members, they're a small team. Six to 10 is medium. 11 to 20 is large. And anything above 21 is considered a mega team. Liz, as we get in, into the specifics of the list, I know it's going to you know, make people want to go and look it up. So of course they can find it on realtrends.com. Where else is this list available? Well, our thousand rankings is in partnership with the Wall Street Journal. They do advertise it for us. So on the June 11th date of our release, they did do a print ad printing out the top um, few in each category. And they do have it online as well um, so that you can see it there. 
Awesome. Yeah. We love that partnership. Now um, let's look at volume. Let's look at the, you know, just, just picking the small teams by trend, uh, by volume. Let's talk about that a little bit and, and who's at the top there. Yeah, we have Brandon and Rainey Williams from the Beverly Hills estates, which seems like, yes, it would be expensive. So um, their volume was huge. Their average home price was also huge. So no surprise there, um, but they did a great job. After that, we have another California team. Um, We have quite a few in the top for California in volume on all the rankings. California volume is just skyrocketing. So that's really interesting to see. Yeah, I think we we counted and we've got like 11 out of the top 20, you know, of the small teams by volume are in California. And then you have, you've got Florida, you know, which also makes sense, Bellevue, Washington, um, New Jersey in there, Wyoming. Um, so there, there's a lot of the usual suspects. I do <laughs> when we get to the transaction sides, we see some, some different things there. So um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, transaction sides. Yeah, so that will show completely different states. There's not a lot of houses in California. So that shows the transaction sites show that these states are doing higher number of houses at just a lower volume, which everybody does lower volume than California. So um, you see the Kentuckys and the Georgias and the Tennessees there in our transactions sides. Right. So on the small teams on the transaction sides, we have number 12, Georgetown, Kentucky. So, you know, that it surprised me in one way the, this whole year, um, starting about last uh, October, November, we started doing a series actually in September, I think, a series of um, some of the, the housing markets that were becoming hot across the country that were just very unusual. And where you're like, what? Pueblo, Colorado? Why is that a huge? You know, there were five at one point, there were uh, five of the top 25 MSAs were all in Idaho. Um, so, I mean, there's just been this real, you know, as people have been able to work from home and as people are looking for more space, we've definitely, that, that's to me, the story of that, like late 2020, early 2021, which is, you know, a lot of metros that you've never heard of, or I I hadn't heard of, or smaller towns are really blowing it out. So, so to look at that and, and see that, um, the KB Realty Group in Georgetown, Kentucky had 335. Right for the for the uh, by transaction sites, that's that's just incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think that what you're saying is completely true. Everybody is stuck in our house, so we were leaving large cities, and this shows it. It is going to be so interesting to see the volume number for next year when you know home prices have appreciated so fast, and you have bidding wars and. But actually, you know, that the, the final sales price of some of these houses is going to be very interesting. It's crazy. I mean, they're listing houses and then they actually sell for $100,000 more. It's, it's not like anything I've ever seen. But yes, I'm so excited for next year. We're also going to keep the categories the same so that our year-to-year data is going to be very similar and more accurate. So that'll be nice well as well. You know, when we look at the individual agents, it, it, it says that, you know, of the over 8,000 individual agents who qualified, as you said, 97% were associated with a well-known national or regional brand. 
And, and that just seems really interesting to me. For the teams on the study, over 8,200 teams, 96% of them were associated with a well-known regional or national branded brokerage firm. So that really feels like an overwhelming number of the, you know, the, the brokerages and individuals who are getting the most volume, the most sides are, are, have, you know, are associated with a national brand. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're really gobbling that up, which is great. They're also able to do those marketings and those pivoting from 2020 that every brokerage had to do. Um, And I think that that shows it as well. So for the top um, sides by brands, the top transactions by brand, the independents do lead that list though. So that's also interesting. And they, they lead it by quite a bit, almost 20,000 transactions. So there is a lot of independence still doing a lot of work. That's great insight. One goal that we definitely have is to grow the list. And we know that it's not 100% accurate. We know there's agents who either don't know about the rankings or choose not to be on the rankings. Um, So we do know that there's missing agents and teams, and we want to find them. We want to get them on our rankings. We do want to have hopefully the most complete rankings available. So that is definitely our goal. And how, what kind of outreach do you do to, um, to gather in, you know, to, to reach out to people and be like, Hey, you know, submit here. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So there's a, a lot of different avenues that we use. We use social to try to get out to the agents and teams. As I said, Tom Ferry is a big, big advocate on that. He, um, advertises to all of his coaches and trying to get them to reach the numbers to be on the rankings. And we work again with all of the national brands. So it's, it's kind of exciting when you get to hear from agents who are like, Oh my goodness, I didn't even know. I'm so excited because when we do send them the email that they've made the rankings, they may not even know that their brand submitted for them. So even that recognition, we know that agents and teams can move around and change their companies all the time. So we want them to change and be with whoever they want to be with, but always submit to our rankings. That's what's important. Yeah, it's a great point, especially because um, it'd be interesting to see them as individuals and where they move to and, and what difference that makes in their volume or their transaction sides, right? There's a lot of data there that would be very interesting to see. Definitely. Yeah. You know, looking now at um, the mega teams by volume, mm-hmm. love, to, um, love to, you know, so top of that list was uh, Place Incorporated, which is a Keller Williams with Keller Williams Realty. And they're in, again, Bellingham, Washington. So, you know, uh, uh, no surprise in some ways. Um, we've got the Robert Slack team in Orlando, Florida. That's an independent um, or, I mean, you know, Robert Slack LLC. We've got Northrop Realty. Um, and so I see like what you're saying there in some of these mega teams, these are, you know, Keller's the only one that's really up there um, in that top 10 group. And they have um, three in that top 10. You do have uh, Remax and Coldwell, you know, nine and 10. But just so interesting to see some of those independents in there. Definitely. Um, I think the mega teams really shows that, that these teams and are working um, with so many agents and making things work as this team. And some of these um, 
teams have so many members. It's, it's amazing. And the numbers that they pull in are fantastic. Really good. Um, is there, as you guys were compiling it, you know, what kind of conversations did you have about, wow, look at this, or like, what are the things that stood out to you? Red flags are when people would, you know, submit these numbers that seemed unreal. And then you'd look at their verification and I, we would go to their website. Often Steve Murray or myself would call them just to get more information and they're real numbers. And you see these houses, I would get lost for hours on these websites, looking at these houses, just dreaming about the day that I win the lottery. Um, but they're fabulous. And so that was really fun to just kind of go down those rabbit holes. Well, and I can imagine, I mean, like when I look at the volume of these, of the number one, you know, mega team. So we're talking about almost a billion dollars. in volume. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. even for expensive houses, that, that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, they are clearly owning Bellingham, Washington. <laughs> yeah. And I see what you're saying as far as, um, you know, Compass making a huge, uh, having a huge footprint here. Did, did you see anything, any change in some of those big uh, brokerages from, from year to year? Yes, definitely. I think because... Compass went up so high, others lost agents, um, which is to be expected. I think there's always something new and flashy that agents go towards. I, Compass is doing a great job, so we shall see there. Um, but I know that these brands are doing great things to keep their agents too with their marketing and all of their communications and the tools that they give these agents. So um, it's all very interesting. So a breakdown by brand, independence grew quite a bit. They had 163 individual agents and teams on the thousand last year. And this year they had 207. So that's a pretty big jump there. Um, Remax grew and Compass grew. Um, a couple that fell though were Leading RE and Keller Williams. Um, they still have a huge presence in our rankings, but they did fall from the previous year. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to break that data down. Um, another one is... Let's see, Sotheby's grew by almost 20 agents that added to the thousand this year from last year. So I do think that that's also showing a volume. Typically, Sotheby's has higher volumed houses, um, Aspen and more... More luxury. Uh, yeah, the luxury brands. Thank you. So that makes sense. Yeah, no, that I think that's really interesting. You know, a, a, a few minutes ago, I said that the mega teams by volume had uh, like two yeah, billion. billion. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and then 1.4 and then 1.47 and then 1.44. I mean, it, it really is just a striking number. And like you keep saying, I'm I'm now more excited for next year because do these numbers hold? Is it something that we can recreate? Right. Are we going to see the, the the transaction sides go way down, but volume right. not fall off as much because just you know that each individual house was more expensive than maybe it was? We will have to see. Yeah, 
that's going to be a fun one. That's so exciting. Um, what else can you tell us about um, if if I'm an agent and I'm like, oh, I want to be on this list. I didn't know about this. I really want to do it. Where would they go? Well, it's pretty easy. They can submit straight to our website at realtrends.com. And we have a rankings section. We're typically open for submissions mid-January through at least the end of March. And that just allows people to get their year before numbers together because, like I said, they do need to provide verification. And a lot of times it just takes a little bit to get the accounting all together. So we allow for that. And then we'll release hopefully around the same time next year. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, you know, with with a lot of our award programs, we see people come in at the very last minute. Is is that uh, the case here as well? <laughs> you know, we've had quite a few that have reached out today, confused why they're not on there, and it's they just didn't submit. So just the learning process that we don't have the data if you don't supply it to us. We're not we don't have access to that. So they do need to submit through the portal or through their brand and make sure that we have that verification. Otherwise, we would not be able to put them on the rankings. Well, that makes sense um, that, you know, you don't you don't have access to to their numbers, but that's a it's a great thing to point out because uh, we've had the same thing where people are like, why am I not on the list? And I think we published the list a, a week ago. So yes. um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, you had to submit like a, a couple months ago or <laughs> takes yeah. that's so funny. Um, well, thank you so much, Liz. I so appreciate it. And and we will look forward to next year's list. And also, you know, I, I know as housing where we're going to be mining this data for different stories um, over the next couple of months because there's so much here and it's just great information to have. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. It was great to be with you. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.